Super Bowl preview week, guys. We're kicking it off this weekend for next weekend. You got Big Dad here. We have the legend, the blue meanie over here. Philly's finest. Like, subscribe, follow. Let's go. Oh, come in. It's almost time. Super Bowl preview week. We're here, guys. I'm excited. I, I feel like it's like all these bye weeks. All these bye weeks are driving me crazy. But it's great because we know we got games the next week. It's yeah, Boy man. Chrome. It's Big Dad over here. Tom Arnone. We got Brian Efron. AKA the legendary ECW legend, WWE legend, Blue Meanie with us. And we're talking NFL football. We're talking birds talk. We're talking Super Bowl 57 because we are back, guys, on the five year anniversary since our last one. Really excited. But before we do that, we got to pay a couple bills. Big Dad, who's paying our bills today? Well, we are brought to you by Baggio's Bread. They're located in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. They're a home of the best stuffed breads, tomato pies, sandwiches, cutlets, meatballs. Everything, the desserts, the cannolis. I when I ordered for our little NFC title game, or no, sorry, the, the divisional game. When I ordered food from there, you know, I got the cannolis. They lasted me a week, and a week later, they were still phenomenal. So you got to go check them out, and you can use our promo code A two D, and you get ten percent off your in store purchase. So, about you, oh, bread. That's all I got. That's all I got for you, Dad. Beautiful, it tastes so good. Uh, listen, we're really excited. There it is. There it is. FBI. Hey. Hey, Nunzio. Yeah. <laughs> We're so excited to have on uh, the Blue Meanie, Brian Efron. Brian, thank you for joining us. Oh, huge. thanks for having me. Oh, this it's is... our pleasure. And, brother, huge. You know, when, when the Super Bowl, when we made it to the Super Bowl, I knew there were certain people I needed to reach out to. Because <laughs> I know what their intelligence is. I've seen Brian at a couple of conventions, the Icons conventions. This guy, me and him, had, I, I know... Right around the Super Bowl year, Brian, it was. We had a 20-minute, 20 25-minute conversation, just birds. And this guy knows his stuff. And I thought, we got to have we have to have the meanie on to talk Eagles Super Bowl preview and review the 2022 season. So, again, Brian, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time today, brother. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Uh, I'm a, a born South Philly, raised South Philly. Just, uh, you know, I was indoctrinated into – the Eagles fandom from birth. Uh, like I said in the, you know, in the in the waiting room before we got in here, I learned my first swear word by watching my grandfather watch the Eagles. So uh, in the seventies and the eighties, but uh, yeah, I love all Philly sports, but you know, I, I really love the Philadelphia Eagles and uh, my whole life, good, bad, and ugly, and uh, especially this amazing year, which kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it really did. It really, really did, and and. You know, it's actually so our topic of conversation to open up, and we always don't agree to disagree topic of conversation. This is the best Philadelphia Eagles team in franchise history, top to bottom. Brian, do you agree or disagree with that statement? It'd be hard to argue against uh, when you think of the, the receiver, receiving core we have, the offensive line we have, the defensive line we have, the cornerbacks we have, safeties. I mean, Where's the show me the weakness? Um, linebacker, right? Linebacker, and I didn't think we'd ever say that. It's been a long time since so we could say linebacker. And, and Edwards is holding up his uh, his his part of the bargain there. I think he's doing a, a fantastic <laughs> I think so. job. Uh, you know, it just uh, yeah, we've had a sh you know share of heartbreak with the the linebacking core, but uh, I think with this defensive line, you know, it kind of you know covers up a little uh, a few of those things you know I, I think the linebackers are doing all right but the main focus of this defense is the the line they're hungry they're getting they're getting after the quarterbacks you know you know three times this year they've they they've knocked three quarterbacks out of games you know between rogers and the this last game with uh brock purdy and johnson you know it was like a body bag game all over again it was it was not that you want somebody to get hurt like that, but it's amazing that our defense is that devastating that our front four can just get to the quarter, rush up front, and the, the cornerbacks are 
you know, keeping them at bay for our, our, you know, for guys like Reddick to, you know, get to the quarterback. So, like I said, this is, yeah, this is probably the best Eagles full rounded team of all time. And, uh, you know, just between the, and they're like, what, five sacks away from tying the 85 Bears as far as all time sacks and stuff like that. Philadelphia's always been like a defensive town. Uh, that's why we revere guys like Buddy Ryan, even though he never got us to the, a playoff win or to the promised land, he built a hell of a defense. And that's why we love it because Philly loves a good bruising, bloody knuckle defense. So, uh, yeah, I've been uh, amazed by this run. Uh, you could kind of feel something in that first Detroit game. And then there was a build throughout the season where you, where you don't want to say it out loud. You don't want to be the jinx. You don't want to be, <laughs> but like, you're like, hmm, something going on here, you know? And you kind of felt it a little bit last year when uh, they were down uh, two, two and five. They had that little bit of a run and made it to the, you know, the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. I think that in a lot of ways, it reminded me of the 2007 Phillies where they got to the, they finally got over that hump, got to the playoffs. They didn't win the division, but they got to the playoffs and the Phillies got, you know, run over by the Colorado Rockies. And they were like, okay. So you now, could see the corner turning there, though. You could see the pieces were in place, yeah. and it was about getting that experience, kind of what you talked about, right? Where this year, Jalen coming in, listen, I mean, I don't think anybody saw what the development that happened. And it was fair. Anybody who critiqued it and the people who try to say, well, you're jumping on a bandwagon now for Jalen. Nobody's jumping on a bandwagon. Mm -hmm. But the critique was fair because there's not many players in the history of the NFL that have made the progress in a, in a two-year span at the rate that he has. Maybe Josh Allen. And literally, there's nobody else, right? So, yeah. to your point, you could see you could see them turning a little bit of a corner last year where they're like, okay, they might be building towards something special. Well, I, I think it took that, hum, that, that humiliating loss to the Bucs in last season's playoff David, for them to say, all right, we got something here. We need to just add a couple – pieces to it i think we'll be all right which is kind of what the phillies are doing they got they were like okay we'll get in, into the wild card we'll see how we go hell they got to the world series and now they've added trey turner and all that stuff yeah, yeah. i think that's what happened with this eagles team they they got to the playoffs they got embarrassed in the playoffs and they're like never again went out got aj brown went went out and uh and you know midway through the season when they had that embarrassing loss to uh, Washington. They're like, never again. They went, went and got Linval Joseph and, and Dominica Sue. This the, the seal up that uh that run defense. And yeah, uh, they're doing what they 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 had a feeling, you know, going back to last year to this year, and they went and got the key pieces they needed to become one of the most dominant teams in football. Yeah, absolutely, Deb. It's tough, right? There's an asterisk next to it um, because we don't know. It hasn't been finished yet, right? And as much as that, the roster and the stats and all those things would tell me, yeah, this is the best overall team we've seen, right? But It's the most talented and deep. Yeah, for sure. I think we all started the season off by saying, hey, this roster is legit, but it's not played on paper, so we got to wait and see. And then, like you guys are saying, once we were – uh, four weeks in, five weeks in, and the carryover from last year, you're like, all right, this is special, especially since a two and five start and the run from last year into this year that they've gone on is, is really truly amazing if you take out the Tampa loss, right? And that's their first taste and sort of expected. But I, the, be, the best team in franchise history we watched five years ago today. Mm -hmm. I mean, we watched it because that's a full team. Right, it, it wasn't just a great roster. It was on paper before we started the season. I think we all thought we were going to be good. How good, we didn't know. It, it was, again, it was Carson's development. We weren't sure. Does Carson take the next step and show us he's a franchise quarterback? Well, remember, the beginning of that year, it was kill, kill, kill. And we were all like, jacked up, look it up. Let him, let him read the defense. Well, we got our guy. We got our guy. And, and everything was going right, right? And nothing was going wrong. And then all of a sudden, the injury happens in the Rams game. And, Kern, we did a show that week where I was in a robe and then it finally hit me. It finally hit me like, okay, this is how curses end. Like we've been cursed our whole life. Is it the curse of the snowball? Is it, what's the curse of? 
What, what do we do wrong? Is it the curse of what did I say the other night? Who was the owner that 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 let Reggie go? Um, was it the curse of letting Reggie go? What, what, what was it? What what what's holding us back from just getting one? And and I and it hit me like Boston's curse has ended in weird ways. They're down three out of the Yankees. That's over, right? And they come back and win. And you know the Cubs ended when nobody really expected it. They were down in that series to the Indians, right? At the time, so they end in weird ways. And it hit me like if it's going to end like this, is how it ends? No way. When Nick Foles, who was here before, he's back again. Nobody's given us a chance. And that team went as a full team, and not only won, but beat the greatest quarterback. Of right now, of all time, we'll let Mahomes, we'll judge that at the end. But the greatest quarterback of all time, we skinned him. And he played his best game that he ever played in the Super Bowl. And we still found a way to win. So I'm going to disagree, but it's on with a big asterisk. Because if they win next Sunday, they're absolutely the best team in franchise history. Um, from top to bottom, roster construction, every little bit. Everybody, how deep they are. Um, so... Uh, I'm close, right? I want to agree because of what we watched over this year and how you just talented. want to see the finished product. I just want to see the finished product because I think, you know, I think they're going to finish the job. So knowing what I think is going to happen, yeah, I would agree then. But I'll give it to 2017 just until they until they go finish the job and then they take it over from. Them. Yeah, ultimately, uh, yeah, they they would be the the best Eagles roster because they they've won the Super Bowl. But just uh, from a standpoint, and and there's a lot of ways where it's this team's similar to there. There's a couple uh, hired assassins, you know. Uh, back then, we we went out and got a you know a couple quarterbacks, and we got Legarrette Blount, and we got a couple people that were like one year rentals to help us get to that that part, you know. And uh, this year, we you know we went out and got Sue, we got Linval, uh, who, uh, and we went out and got James Bradbury. You know, uh, for on a one year, my boy, that's my son. Yeah, yeah, the, the this this team's full of you know a couple uh rentals that helped us get to the part, just kind of like in 2017, uh, where we got you know some players. But ultimately, I think if this team does win, if they happen to win the Super Bowl this year, don't want to be the mush. Uh, I, I think this team would just be the most dominant team because go, you know, in 2017, they were done in a lot of the ways, you know. This with this team, they were doubted. You know, uh, they're playing some of the best football, and people are still like, ah, I don't know. And pe- people are still picking other teams over the Eagles. You know, in 2017, the Eagles were playing lights out and bullying teams, and people are like, Nah, I'll, I'll I'll give it to whoever's playing them, and they just kept winning. And this year, it got to the point where you know a lot of people kept doubting the Eagles. Oh my God, they they almost let the uh, Detroit Lions be in them. You know, I, I, you know, my friend, I have friends who are Cowboys fans, unfortunately, and they, you know, we're we dead. all got those friends. Bro. Oh, I got, <laughs> I got some family that is. So, I mean, I'm in, I'm in terrible shape. My brother-in-law's <laughs> uncle was on the first Cowboys Super Bowl team on the offensive line. So oh, believe wow. me, I've been there. <laughs> uh, it's our cross the bear, you know, but, um, you know, that first Detroit team, Detroit game, people were saying, you know, oh, this Eagles team stinks, but then they won another game. And then they won another game. They didn't lose till they got to, to Washington, you know. So, you know, with uh, the starting quarterback, you know, they've lost one game. They've lost three altogether. But, you know, uh, this, it's been a dominating the, – the, this Eagles season has been a dominating force. And no matter how good they do, people always pick against them. And I think that's what's going to help motivate them to uh, win it all. Uh, last week um, – Somebody on the 49ers said, well, we know their defense is good on paper. And Darius Slade just, you know, went, went on the interview saying, you know, he, he he read that line of how they were the best defense on paper and took that to, to heart. And people are still doubting this team. Even though they're even though they're the favorites, people are still pulling for Kansas City. So I think they got enough ammo. And I think, you know, they're, they're it's hard to say that everybody's injured, right? But this team is full strength. There's yeah. not there's not one backup where 2017 we had a, a bunch of thank God we had a d- deep roster to where a deep uh, roster to where you know people can step in. All our starters are good. You know, Avante Maddox is resting with his boot, but getting him back was huge. Getting him back was a huge, huge addition. 
See, I, I agree to the poll question. Um, I know we got to finish the job. I believe that we will. But when I just look, I'm just going by roster, and I'm looking at the team and the production throughout the year. This team is as deep as it's ever been. To your point, Brian, they're healthy, which is unbelievable that we can go in with a fully healthy roster 100%. going into the Super Bowl. It's unbelievable because that never happens no. for any team. It's a huge, huge advantage for us. And, and, and me and I know, Dad, we've talked about this. We talked about on A2D Wednesday nights. My, the key to this team, you know, you guys talked about it, right? This whole soft schedule thing is nonsense to me because the only reason that the strength of schedule is a way to have a conversation talking point to kick off before the season starts. When the season rolls, Detroit, hey, everybody said, oh, my God, I can't believe that they almost got beat by Detroit. Well, Detroit proved to be a pretty formidable foe to a lot of teams throughout the year. Probably would have been a better playoff team than the teams that were in it. <laughs> you know, Minnesota, That's the number three. I mean, we all kind of knew Minnesota was a little bit of a fraud this year, but Minnesota was the number three team in the conference. And you go and even Green Bay. Green Bay kind of kicked off right after us, but Green Bay was an underachiever. Green Bay was like the NFC favorite when yeah. the season started. And so when people want to talk about strength of schedule, you know, plus you look at the division we played in, almost Almost all four teams made the playoffs this year. Yeah. That is a lot to be said for that. So, you know, you look at this roster and I just, you know, you look at the historical marks that this defense has made, the front four, front eight. We like to call it a front eight, Tom, right? That's what we did in 2017. Yep. This is the first time we've had those vibes. It's like a front eight that you have because you rotate a lot of these guys in. Um, but to, but just to see the strides that certain guys have made, some of the young guys, and, and to what you said, Brian, you know, bringing in, you know, Joseph and Sue and some of these other pieces, you know, they've done it again. They've done it the right way. Howie has done it to know what's going to fit this roster. I mean, the guy is, is, is a master class in terms of general managers. And I'll tell you right DJ, now. DJ. I mean, they, they, they went and traded for him. That was a almost like a below-the-radar Big pickup. I mean, he's a massive, massive, massive addition. And Brad, I mean, James Bradbury, you look at those two pieces alone, it's the best secondary in football. It's not even close. Yeah. Not even close. So, I mean, I just, I look at this team and I see like, you know, how we doing it again. And, and, and where has there been frustrations over the last couple of years with them? Sure there is. But I'll tell you right now, if this team wins, if this team wins this year, how is the Hall of Fame general manager? Oh, yeah. He might well, be one of the best general, top five general managers in history. Of well, and your and the owner gets a lot of credit. Like we talked about the other night, Chrome. I mean, he gets a ton of credit. Like when you talk about it, when he starts his tenure off here, he hires a guy like Ray Rhodes. Ray Rhodes takes him to the playoffs, and then they realize, okay, the rah-rah runs out after a little bit. And then he goes and brings in Andy. Nobody knew who Andy was, right? And Andy goes and, and changes his franchise. When people are like, why do you love Andy so much? Because if you watch football in the 90s, then you would love Andy. Right, you would love what he did. He put us back on the map every year. We came into a season expecting to compete. Then he goes, he hires a guy like Chip, right? A name that we all knew, right? And he goes and hires another name we all knew. We go to we win 10 games, what two years in a row. And he realizes, okay, after that, we have a bad year. This isn't working. He has no problem moving on. He moves on. I remember when they hired Doug, it was like, Well, who are they gonna hire? They brought in a lot of guys. It, it seemed like they didn't have a guy. And all of a sudden, it's Doug Peterson. I know I really liked the hire at the time. I know some people really didn't. They're like, oh, you're going back to Andy Street. How can you go back to Andy Street? Well, Andy Street's pretty good. Um, <laughs> Doug, Doug, Doug wins the Super Bowl. Then he hires. Then he go, Then he fires Doug or mutual. You know, they, they part ways mutually, whatever the case may be. And he goes and hires a guy like Nick Sirianni. Again, that one I had, I was weird with. That one Nobody I was like. Nobody was on the I'm radar. Like, what? What? What is this move? What is this move? Then you hear him talk, and you're like, okay, bro, now we're rock, paper, scissoring. Like, this is, this is, you know, this is youth sports. Um, so, long, so to get through all that is every time he's done it, he, he's, he's nailed his coaching hires all the time, even when we think they're bad hires. And he trusted Howie when we stopped trusting him, right? We stopped trusting him. I'm guilty of it. You know, after 2017, he had so many misses for a minute that I'm like, you know what? It's time. It's time. And he stuck with them. And it says something about loyalty. It says something about trust. And it says something when you talk about being a gold standard. Guess what, Jeffrey? You're one win away from your words coming true. 
That, it's that simple. The Hall of Fame, Howie Chrome, to what you're saying, Jeffrey is one win away from his words that he said in the 2000s when we all said gold standard. I'll tell you okay. what, Howie, right? Howie Hero oh. turns into Howie Hall after that. Howie yep. Hall. They both yeah. should go in. Let them both go in. And now we separate ourselves, right, from the one-win Super Bowl teams, too, which is – there's plenty of one-win Super Bowl teams. You start getting the two, you start putting your – you start putting the conversation with the best organizations of all time, right? I mean, you're not there yet, but you start to put yourself in that conversation. Historically, uh, somebody just put up a graphic the other day. The Eagles are, along with three other teams, to be the first uh, – they're in that rare air where they went to Super Bowls with two different quarterbacks, two different head coaches, and it's only been done three other times. When you think of all the history that wow. you know, the Eagles are breaking between, I think within like a five-year time span who, or something like who that, right? Did it? That you're mentioning, yeah. Uh, who, do you know who did it? Uh, one was the Colts. Uh, was Pittsburgh? Well, I feel like Pittsburgh might be because uh, didn't they do it with Coward and then they did it with. Mike Tomlinson shortly after. I, I might be one of them. I, it was definitely the Colts, Pittsburgh, Eagles, and I can't. The other ones escaping me right now. But I watched so much. Uh, Rich, I, it was the Rich Eisen show this week. They put up that graphic. I want to give them credit because I don't want to act like I'm smart. But uh, <laughs> still uh, smart, still yeah. smart. I'm smart. I'm not dumb like they say I am. You're <laughs> smart to, to log it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, you know, I just, you know, you know, I listen, uh, you know, that's one thing pro wrestling, you know, taught me mouth closed, ears open and, and <laughs> absorb, absorb, but, uh, we go back to Sirianni and his introductory, uh, press conference. A lot of people were dogging him. And the, the thing that I, I always equate rightfully you know, so though, Brian, that was a rough opening. You know, who also had a, a, a rough introductory press conference, Charlie Manuel. <laughs> you know, just this, fair this point. bumbling, bumbling hillbilly. What's he know about baseball? Yeah. Oh no, he took us to a, a, our second uh, World Series win. Oh, dude was a genius. He was a genius yeah. manager. He really was. Yeah, and I, th I think that's what we got here with Sirianni. I think he was a, a sleeper candidate that everybody overlooked, but he did great. You know, what happened to the Colts once he left? You know, just look at everything that, that happened with that Colts and their offense once he left and came over to the Eagles, you know, and now we, uh, they're trying to, you know, interview St uh, Steichen to, to possibly be a, a coach over there. You know, they're trying to get some of that Sierrani magic back, back over to uh, Indianapolis. So I think we I think we lucked out. Like like you said, you know, they always had their eye, eye for hiring coach. And the one dud was Chip Kelly. You know, and Chip thought he was smarter than everybody, and he came off as smarter than everybody. I remember the day Chip Kelly got fired. Like, it was – like, he was in charge of the – you know, he was the coach, but he was also hiring personnel. And I was listening to the uh, press conference on WIP, and somebody said to him something about the personnel. He goes, I don't handle that. I was like, what? <laughs> You're the guy who just had – you shipped off to Sean and all those guys off – you know, you broke up, you know, the team, and – Brought in your guys, and you're not responsible. And within three hours, it was announced they was fired. I was like, I'm sure Jeff Hurt Laurie heard that press conference, <laughs> like, get him out, get the hook. But they found the right. I think they found the right guy in, in Sirianni. Uh, and now people are trying to, you know, you know, discredit him with uh, whether it's love and with the Giants and stuff like that. But it's a lot of bitterness, Brian. Well, I'll yeah. just say from coaching sports, period, right? Which I do not at a pro level, but like. Does talent help you? Absolutely, it helps you. But you still got to coach. You still got to develop. You still have to have your guys ready to play. Your guys still have to want to play for you, right? That's the end of the day. Like, I have a super talented – one of my teams is super talented, right? I've had them for a while, okay? But they play for me, right? <laughs> and that matters. Like, yes, it's easier. I'm not going to lie to you. It makes your job easier when your talent's better. Of course it does. Right, of course, but you still got to coach those guys up. You Listen, still got an in-game scheme. Like you can have all the talent in the world, but if everybody knows what play you're running, right, or or whatever the case may be, and and you're not intelligent and you don't adapt and and, and you don't change your your style at times, then guess what? It's going to catch up to you. So it doesn't no matter. It doesn't matter how much talent you have. You still got to finish a job.
And there's no accidents in the NFL. You're talking a 53-man roster that you're running. <laughs> like, you're not talking about we got to manage, you know, an NBA. Well, and other pro players, Chrome. Sorry, Chrome. Other pro players. Like, I'm talking about you sports. Like, we're talking about other yeah. pro players. That makes it even harder to there's win. a whole like, lot of personalities. There's a lot of guys who are bigger than you. Some are older than you. And I can tell you from experience, when you're the manager of somebody who's older than you, not everybody takes gives you that kind of respect, that level of respect. But – this I was that was the fault of uh, that was one of Chip Kelly's faults. He was trying to treat grown men like college players. Oh, he was he was yeah. That was all. Sir, Sirianni has done the perfect job of not only coaching players but coaching personalities, coaching egos, talking to people. Talking right, Brian. To, listen, I mean, how, how important is it just to say hi to somebody in the hallway? How important is it to, to say, "Hey, how's your family doing? How's your little one doing?" It goes it goes a long way. I have Jake sent me the multiple Super Bowl appearances. So, first one, is that the Dolphins or the Colts? I think it's the Colts. I think the Colts. Earl Morale. I don't even know who Earl is. Don Shaw, and then Johnny Unitas, and Don McCaffrey. Okay. McCaffrey. And then, McCaffrey, sorry. And then the Raiders was Ken Stabler, John Madden, and then it went to Jim Plunkett, and Tom Flores. Uh, the Patriots, Bledsoe, Parcells. Yes. That makes sense, yeah. And then Brady, Belichick. And then here we are with Nick Foles, Doug Peterson, Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni. Crazy. It's crazy. Amazing. Amazing. So, you know, this team does it. They're they're in rare fry there, you know. And uh, I'm sorry? Who's your standout? So, so in the 2022 season, Brian, who's – when you look at, like, give me an offensive and a defensive standout acquisition, the one that you think on each side maybe is what – push this team a little bit over the top in terms of, you know, we were a team that there wasn't much expectation, but these guys came in and really kind of changed it up a little bit, shook it up. Uh, I mean, offensively, I think uh, Smitty's been having a, a quiet, big season. I mean, A.J. Brown came in and made the big splash. He was the big acquisition, one of them, because him and Hassan Redick. Yeah. yeah. Hassan, to me, is – is Probably one one of the biggest, one of the best free agent signings in Eagles history, just from statistics and how he wrecks the other you know, the opposing team's game. But uh, Smith, I think he's been having a really good season, and he's made some spectacular catches. I oh, you're you're after Tom's heart there, because that's Tom's boy over here. He's 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 been pre preaching the uh, and yelling to the to the skies for the Devontae Smith bandwagon this year, and rightfully. Love- I love Smitty, and he, he's so hum. You you watch interviews with him. He's he's quiet and he's polite, but you know on the field he's an assassin. I mean, that that one catch he made against the Cowboys, which I wish they would have called a timeout directly after that, but uh, they didn't. Um, <laughs> that catch, you know, the the quote unquote catch against the the Forty Niners. You know, I think it was a catch. I think the thing that threw off the. Th- put in the debate if you would wear like white gloves to where you can see the hands underneath the ball you know when you're dealing with shadows and wearing the black gloves and smart oh, though too, but, he was smart though let's smart. go get up to the line you know they they teach that i mean they have seminars and they teach that to you know get whenever in doubt you know run it out you know get them up let's go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> play, please um but yeah smitty's to me on offense it's been smitty uh defense you're saying like a quiet ex- acquisition or somebody who's just give me your defensive MVP. Who's your, I mean, obviously oh, uh, you, you mentioned Hassan, but Hassan's you definitely the MVP. But like, if there was like a second one, I would have to go with TJ Edwards. He's, he's been playing uh huge this year playing. Who, I, I know me and Greg love you right now. I don't know if you don't, you don't, <laughs> no. you don't know Greg, you don't know Greg, but Greg's like, that's yeah, TJ is Greg's son. Devante's my son. So you're, you know, you're just, you're, you're pulling at heartstrings right now. Who's the kid that we got? The defensive kid that fell in the draft that we got. I, I'm uh, Kobe Dean. T.J. Edwards is so good. He's kept the Kobe Dean off the field. Now, that 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 was that was our grand theft auto in the in the draft was Nico getting the Kobe Dean. You know he should have been around gone in the first place, but we got him. But T.J. It's going to be a stud still. He's still going to be an, an unbelievable. He's, he's going to have. They haven't needed him. If they can't re-sign T.J. Edwards, then we got Nicobe Dean with fresher legs. 
you know, and he, he's getting some, he's getting some play in there. You know, when they had to, you know, pull the starters in the fourth, he, he got in there and he, wherever the ball is, he's there, you know, you know, so Nicobe Dean's going to be a, another piece of our future going forward, but defensively TJ Edwards is playing so good. He's, he's kept Nicobe off the field. So, you know, I would get, you know, Son Reddick is a number one, but if, you know, if somebody's having a, like a, you know, a quiet, but successful year. TJ Edwards for sure. Oh yeah. He's, I mean, like Tom said, you're, you're tugging at all the right heartstrings right now because these guys, especially on our A2D Wednesday night show have been singing the praises for these boys and rightfully so. I mean, what a year TJ's had and you look at it, right? Look at him. You look at this team and there's a lot of guys, they've done really well in the draft the last couple of years, but they've done really well in in undrafted free agent signings as well. Cause TJ Edwards was one of those guys even when when CJGJ went down, yeah, you, you look at Reed Blankenship and the way he filled in for those oh couple of weeks. They've done really, really well at adding depth and not the most obvious names either. That like he guys put Debo was amazing to me. Like even if it wasn't fourth down, he still made uh, Debo Samuel drop the ball. He hit him so hard that he he fumbled and recovered the fumble. Yeah, and if you, uh, the, the NFL just put out the uh, mic'd up for both championship games. And all the the, the 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 praise that people the teammates were put on blanket chip, you know, the, you know people you you're watching you know Smitty on the sideline going, man, that boy's playing out of his mind, and they're yeah. going up to him, going up to blanket ship, telling him how how good he's playing. We got another piece for the future right there that we didn't know we had, but yeah. like, you know, so, you know uh, when you know something that looks like a a bad situation like CJ going down turned out to be a good situation with learning who we had in Blankenship. Agree. He intercepted Aaron Rodgers in, in his first game of, in, 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 on a primetime game. like his first or second play of the game, wasn't it? It was like yeah, pretty yeah. quick. Early. First drive, at least. Early. Yeah, and Slay was <laughs> Slay was hoping to get that interception, but, you know. <laughs> but and then like, Blankenship look- comes along, and, and, and then watching him play endears me to him as well because he's you know he was given an opportunity and you sink or swim once those bright lights come once those bright lights come on you you either thrive or you shrink yeah you no know? and uh he he thrived in that situation yeah it's it's been it's been something special to watch and and and, and like like we had talked about there when you when you look at we talked about howie earlier and there's a lot of question marks, and not every move has been perfect over the years, but for the most part, he's such a great identifier of talent. And yeah. he is, even like I said, even when you go to the undrafted rookie market and the guys he signed over the well, years. I think he's done a good job. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. No, I think he's just done a really good job of, of going to the power schools early and often and not only going to the power schools, going to the ones that, that have won. And and taking team captains like we've talked about in the past, and and replenishing your roster with leaders, and I think that matters. And then it allows you. I'm not saying it allows you, but then there's there's later picks. I just think it makes it easier to hit some of them. You know, they're not. It's like it's not. It's not as much. You know, binoculars on every pick when you're hitting early, and and when you hit early, it allows you to to to, to pick these developmental guys later that can be backups on your roster and not thrown and thrusted into starting roles right away where they can actually develop. And I, I think it says something about a guy I've given a lot of grief to and Jonathan Gannon um, on the job that his staff on the defensive side has done of developing talent, having guys ready to play, especially young picks. And the same can be said on the offensive side of things, right? On how these, how all these coaches where I think maybe wasn't the greatest job when Doug was here, maybe, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of his guys, they didn't, they, they let go or they moved on. But I think this staff's done a really great job of not only how he picking well, but them getting guys ready to play too. There's a cohesiveness from from the top to bottom here that that we questioned when Doug was here, because I do think that Doug at one point probably wanted to have a little more say in some things, and 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 maybe the Eagles weren't willing to release those reins. But there seems to be a really strong cohesiveness with the coaching staff with the front office, with the scouts at this point to where what is needed for this roster to make this team maximize the, the the potential for this team. And it seems like over the last two years, they've really done well. I mean, look, I, I didn't even think about it until the other day and I looked it up. 
You know the Carson Wentz trade? You know what got you that? You got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith out of the Carson Wentz trade. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. It is inconceivable that you have your top two, one and two Super Bowl wide receivers right now from the Carson Wentz trade, from a guy who right now is struggling to get off the third spot on the Washington Commanders football team behind Tyler Renneke and I don't even know who the hell else is on that roster. So think about that. What we ended up like, like the the potential to turn that into something, and you just look and and it's just being able to identify the talent, the front office, and the coaching staff having the trust that hey, this is this is our scheme, this is what we do, this is what we need to fill this roster. Go out and get a Hassan Reddick, who, you know, listen, he's been a beast, but I, I don't think he was looked at as as a key signing in the way that it should have been with his talent level. Because I think there's some people who question, is he still at the same talent level that he's, he was supposed to be coming out of college? And, I mean, the dude came in, and let's let's be honest, right? He's right there with Nick Bosa. He's above Micah Parsons this year. That's for damn sure. Yeah, absolutely. He's in the conversation for defensive player of the year. And honestly, and I'm not saying this as an Eagles fan, even over Bosa, I think he should he should be the defensive player of the year this year. I don't think it's going to happen, but there's a very very strong argument for him. That signing was so unbelievable. Like how he just has a feel for the team. Nick knows what he needs here, and the coaching staff. There's just a cohesiveness. Tom and Brian, we haven't seen in a long time, and we questioned it. We talked about like was Schwartz, was Doug, was everybody? Who's the coordinator? You know what? When Deuce Staley's name was thrown out a bunch of times, like we just there was no there's there's a lot of question marks on is the front office and the coaching staff connecting? There has to be issues. We we argued at nauseum about it on A2D radio. Yeah. But you look at it now and there's like there's no question. There's no question that everybody's on the same page and everybody's paddling the same direction. There, there was a lot of anger when uh, Deuce wasn't taken as the head coach. But it it takes sometimes it takes uh, a braver person to go the route. Not obvious, you know. They, they they could they have gone with Deuce and could he have done well? I'm 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 confident he could have. A lot of players, you know, rallied for Deuce, but they saw something in Nick. And like you said, there is that cohesion to where the right hand knows where the left hand's doing, and they're both connected to the brain, which is the front office. Everything's firing on on all the right cylinders, and. Uh, Gannon himself, which he's been doing, he's been low level doing a great job to where he's doing such a great job and people are like, fire Gannon. I'm like, fire Gannon. We probably have one of the most historic defenses we've had in this this town forever. And like I said, we're a defensive. You know, know here, Brian, in Philadelphia, there's a short term memory where they could, they could be locked down for three weeks and then they have one real bad week and everybody says jesus here this is who we oh, knew he was is. we knew he was this guy yeah yo cause well, i better not be this week <laughs> yeah no you, you're not lying about that because that makes for that makes for a long off season you know i don't know my two standouts i guess um there's a go different than brian because he gave two great ones obviously right. <laughs> uh oh well let me just go with the quarterback you know, I, I mean, I, I was a guy on draft night. I never will question his leadership. I'll never question how great of a kid he was. But I absolutely question, can he throw it enough at this level? <laughs> can he do it enough? And after, you know, last year, I had some of the same question marks, obviously. And and I was willing to give him his junior year. Knowing the draft capital we had going into next year, I was willing to give him this year as a prove-it year. Prove to all of us that you can get better at some of the things you need to get better at. If there was a kid out I would bet on to do that. It would probably be Jalen Hurts if I had a place to bet on it. But I'm not going to run from draft night on the confusion. Huh, on We just signed the quarterback to a lot of money. What were we doing? Um, but but either way, I'm going to give it to him. I thought he made a – obviously, they didn't think. I mean, everybody knows this. He made a gigantic jump in, in, his, in everything. He's a top five quarterback in football. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, I'm saying top five. And he's obviously – one of the three best quarterbacks, I I think this season, um, maybe fourth if you want to, you know, Barrow Allen, you know, wherever people think those guys are. Either way, top five, huge jump. Um, love Jalen. I will tell you right now, if he wins the Super Bowl this year, 
you can make the argument. I mean, obviously he's behind Patrick Mahomes. I would still put Burrow over him. I would put him over Josh Allen. And it's not even a question to me. I would put him over Josh Allen. Specifically if he performs well in the Super Bowl. Well, I think I'd put him over both. To be, to be fair, I mean, if he comes out and, uh, you know, just throw a number out. He comes out and throws for 270, say, two touchdowns, no picks, and the Eagles win the game. I mean, he that that's a, that's a winner talk. That means that's, you went through the whole postseason. You didn't even turn the football over. That's what winners do. So, uh, you know, that's what quarterbacks are paid to do. They're paid to win and not turn the football over and give your team a chance to win, right? And, and I hate when people say, well, winning isn't a quarterback stat. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Winning Super Bowls is absolutely a quarterback stat. Hence the great Tom Brady. Hence the great Joe Montana. I mean, the list goes on on guys that are Terry Bradshaw. They're just flat-out winners. Yeah, they had talent around them, right? But they also contributed to it. Uh, defensively, you know, and I'll go with another guy that I didn't like that I'm not – wasn't ever huge on. But I thought, again, quietly a great year. And that's Josh Sweat. You know, oh, I mean, yeah, huge yeah. year. Like, well, not a huge fan. I question marks. Can he be? Can he be a three down D end in this league? Is he? Is he physical enough? You know, whatever. The list goes on on some question marks with him too. Um, but wow, all the things that we we sort of saw glimpses of, they they fully came out this year, and and he was tremendous. And I thought he was tremendous against the run too. Um, but getting after the quarterback, another double digit guy, crazy. When it, come, when it comes to Josh White, not only is he a great defensive player, but he's got a great 90s R&B name. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, offensively, uh, I feel like there's so many good – I, I got to go Lane. Lane is just that dude. He's a warrior. Dude, he might be the best right tackle, and I'm not even bullshitting at all. Of all time. Of, in the history of the NFL. His – when he's on the field – that is just game changing. You look at the the the, the Dallas massive game. level of talented players that he goes against week in and week out, and the way that he protects his quarterback, the way that he he does his job at on on, on the right at the right tackle position. I've never seen anybody do it this the same way. It's unbelievable. Just look There's at the nobody. Dallas. Just look nobody. at that Dallas game. You know, he, he went down with an injury in the Dallas game, and Dallas almost made a, a, a run back with it, you know. You and see it immediately. Eventually, right, the, eventually, the Eagles adjusted and, you know, put the game away. But, you know, since he went out of that Dallas game, yeah, that's the key to a great player. You know, just how are they when they're not in the game? You know, yes. look, look at how the Eagles played when they had Uncle Rico in the game. <laughs> you know, when, when, uh, when Jalen was injured for those you know, those two day, two games, you know, how do people rally r- around somebody? They rally around Jalen, and uh, to me, he's the MVP because you know, you know, of course, you know, is he a system quarterback? Well, we saw how the system worked without him. Yeah, Michael oh. Parsons. That 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 theory went got shot a lot of holes through it. Yeah, that guy. I don't know, but uh, don't, hey, he's and, 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 this week though. Micah, don't bother showing up at Phillies games. We don't, we don't, <laughs> just stay away. Just stay away, you crumb. But uh, he's a big Eagles fan this week, though. Uh, this week, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure uh, his teammates love that. Uh, oh God, it's hilarious! Hilarious. The, the the comedy that is the Dallas Cowboys. I know. But, but uh, yeah, breaking news, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just uh. <laughs> I know I got us off on sidetrack, but yeah, just 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 to see how you know you bring up Lane Johnson, who's a complete warrior. He's playing with a the torn ab, uh, ab muscle. The guy tore it. It was partially torn. Plays tears all the way, and he's like, you know what? I'm even better for it now. We're good. It's not going to get any worse at this point. Yeah. I'm more comfortable. I'm like, yeah. dude, this guy's a he's, he's a beast. Love him, love him. He would. He's another guy who made a great professional wrestler. You know? Oh wow, God! I mean, he. There's a lot of things that that dude. He's he's built for it. He's got that. He could talk. He's just. I mean, you're absolutely right, Brian. He would have made been great in that industry. But yeah, I mean, for me, it's Lane. He's the game changer. He makes everything happen for the quarterback to be able to extend plays for the running backs to be able to you know to stop the rush and for them to be able to get the running game going. It's it's easily him for me. On the defensive side, there's so many, but I, I, 
I'm going to give roses because this might be my last chance to be able to give them to him. <laughs> I hope not, but I have to give them to, to BG, Brian, uh, Brandon Graham. Coming yeah. back from the injury he came back from, having not just a great year, a career year, yeah. the leadership that this guy has shown over you know a decade plus, a guy who when he first got here, there was a lot of question marks on what his fit was going to be. And yeah. he's, he's turned around and become an absolute legend in this city. You know, to me, he's Brian Brian Dawkins level in terms of his meaning to the organization and and, and over over that decade. You know, he's the guy for the defense, even over Fletcher. To me, Brandon Graham is the guy who is the face of the defense over the last decade. And I just I, uh, the year he had this year, and I hope it's not our last chance. But if it is, I'm throwing my roses down at his feet now. I think he's been an MVP. That was a huge, you know. We had, you know, Sweat, we figured he's a guy who could be a double-digit uh, sacks guy at one point. Hassan Reddick's been there before. So, you know, but Brandon Graham, that was the surprise to me on the defensive side. For him to be able to put that kind of year up coming off of the type of injury he had was so huge to, again, propelling that this defense to be historical, historical, a defensive front. When it comes to Brandon Graham, I mean, coming out of the draft and, his first couple of years, he's he was almost labeled the bust. He was, and then, you know, will you know pre, he persevered and got better? And like I said, right now he's he is the Brian Dawkins of that defense, where you know you can always count on him. You know, he, he, he's the heart man, he's the heart, the personality. You know, that's the one thing that endears Philadelphians to players is personality. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, over the top, you know, an over top care or, uh, you know, I love, you know, Jalen's no Jalen doesn't give you enough, give you, give you anything for bulletin board material. He always seems to say the right things. He's got the right tone. That's why it was kind of cool to see him come out of his shell when they uh, put him on the spot, made him. Oh my right worst off. singer of all time, but I loved it. I but loved every second of it. One of us, right? <laughs> one of us. Love it. That's why I love Sirianni. He's one of us, you know, he's he's passionate. That's why I love Brandon Graham because we, we, we went on the journey with him, you know, from being the bust to being one of the all-time greats to having one of the all-time great plays in Philadelphia Eagles history with the strip sack on, on Brady. So I met Brandon Graham right before the season started. And I, and I don't know if I told this story on the air. I know I told you this privately, at least Tom. I gave the man a hug and I was like a kid. I put, and I never get like this. I was like a kid. I put my head on his shoulders, a massive man. I just, all I said to him was like, thank you so much for strip sacking Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. <laughs> he gave me the biggest hug back and he was like, oh no, thank you. He's like, yeah, th- I was just as happy as you were that I did it. And it was, he was the greatest guy about, but that's like you said, it's one of us. Like he wasn't like, oh, who's this weird guy hugging me? It was just a moment. It was a moment I had. I felt the moment. He yeah. had a blast with it, but he's just one of those guys. Like, he's just, I hate, I, I always hate, I try not to use the he's a Philadelphia guy. I, I don't like that unless you're actually from <laughs> Philadelphia. I try not to use it. Yeah. But man, he is, to me, he is the epitome of a guy who was supposed to be here, was supposed to have the career he's had here, and his, his, he be a part of the lineage of this football team. He's an adopted he's, son. He is. He's an absolute adopted son, and he gets it. He just gets it. To me, of everything, you know, Jalen Hurts is, is the talent on the team, and there are certain guys that you identify as the face of it. But when I look at the heart of what this football team's been for the last 10 years, people, a lot of people say Jason Kelsey, and, and, and rightfully so. But to me, Brandon Graham has been the heart of, at the heartbeat of this football team for over a decade. Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey, man. That's it. Just, uh, yeah, you watch. People you said your right and your left hand that work together right there. That's the offense and the defense, and everything else formulated around them. Yeah, yeah, especially you know uh, a guy like Jason Kelsey who's considered to be small, and he's throwing men who have eighty pounds on him with one arm to the That's ground. Right. You know, maybe it's because he has that lower center of gravity, and he can just uh, punch up at you. But like, I don't know. there's something in the genetics of those Kelsey boys. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, and their 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 podcast is fun. Listening to them talk about power bombing each other as uh, as kids and stuff like that. But, uh, <laughs> there's so many stories with this Super Bowl. But yeah, Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey. I mean, 
I, I hate the whole Mount Rushmore thing, but they're definitely in the in the top six. Okay, I'll I'll be I'll be the awkward one. I won't say top five. I'll say top six because <laughs> it's so my list. Damn it! But uh, yeah. So let's I, di- let's dive time. into the Super Bowl, Bry. Give me your yep. keys, and then I want to get your MVP pick. I want your and I want to. We we need it. We need. It. I know it's early, but we have to get a final score prediction from you at some point. Here is I'm going to say right now. Here's the low level secret weapon that the Philadelphia Eagles have against the Kansas City Chiefs, and nobody that I've heard has said, and that's Indomitian Sue. When you oh, think, oh, now you're tugging at my heart, Tom. Yeah, you're tugging at my heartstrings. When. The last time the Kansas City Chiefs went to the Super Bowl and were dismantled, who was on that team in Dominican Sioux? So he knows a little bit of the secret sauce that takes to throw Patrick Mahomes off his game. Patrick Mahomes, as great as he was at trying to do whatever magic he could do in that game, the the the, the Tampa Bay Bucks wrecked that offense. He was on that defense. Whatever he can bring to this Eagles defense to hopefully throw Patrick Patrick Mahomes, one of the greatest, one of the best quarterbacks in football right now. He's a magic man. I nothing to get. You know, you, you know, you, it's easy to hate on Brady, you know, and stuff like that. But there's something about Patrick Mahomes that adheres me to him. But not that I want to see him win either. But I want to see him <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles, and to me that would cement. The Eagles, you know, as you know, the two Super Bowl wins because you know people go, oh, who'd they beat? Well, they beat you know Patrick Mahomes, one of the best quarterbacks in football. But to me, low-level secret weapon that nobody's really talking about is is Sue versus Mahomes. And if he can get to, he's he knew how to get to Mahomes in the Bucks game. Hopefully, he can do the same thing in this Eagles Chiefs game. Yeah, you know, to, to that point, Brian, and, and and me and Tom, we 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 talked about a lot of these names. And again, now you're tugging everybody's heartstrings because this was the name I brought up on Wednesday night. I'm the babyface, you know. <laughs> you are you are definitely babyface in A2D right now. I'm waiting for the heel turn, but I have to tell you, you know, when I look Never. at when I look at Sue, uh, I mean, I'm a Husker fan, so I've, I've I've always been a big Sue fan. But that being said, he's a guy who. He's not in a lot of, you know, he's not playing a whole ton of snaps, maybe 40% of the snaps, whatever it is, 40, you know, 42% snaps. But it feels like he's on the field all the time because he's always around the football. And when he is on the field, he's making plays. Yeah. And when you have a veteran like that who's won, a guy who's a, he's a surefire Hall of Famer as well, having that kind of experience. And Joseph can kind of be tied in here too, bringing a guy yeah. like him and with his experience. But to me, to your point, when you bring in Sue and the and he's had the experience in the big game against this quarterback and this team, uh, and, and he knows he just he knows his role and he does it so well. I think he's a huge key. He's a huge key. Yeah. You know, the, one of the big keys in this in this Super Bowl, right, is that, and I will stand by this, and I know Tom's right with me on this. Patrick Mahomes has never played a game against a front four like this front four right. in his entire career so far. Yeah. And that not even a front four, a front eight. Yeah. When you wrote, when you rotate these guys in, he's going to, I mean, listen, I don't know how many times they're going to get him on the ground, but they're going to make him make some quick decisions where he's going to have to make some real snap decisions or get rid of the football, but on one leg. On one yeah. leg. I mean, well, I don't, I will see. I hope I am. Mean, well, that dude, hope, but uh, I think he, he could be good to go, but yeah, that's not a hundred percent, though. No shot, that's a hundred percent. No, it's impossible to be 100%. Not to interrupt, I'll let you get back to the point, but yeah, that that high ankle sprain that's like a two month, three month injury. Well, you know, you've been there before with it, yeah. And and I was just talking about this with somebody today that you know, usually high ankle sprains could lead to uh Achilles tears, so. You know, if you, you numb that leg up enough and you don't know how much damage you're doing, you're running around on that leg, how much further damage you could do that, you know, say in this game, Patrick Mahomes goes down with an Achilles tear and he's out for the, the poor portion of next year, you know? Yeah. That could be uh, the steel line from uh, Mike Tyson. That's the skullduggery. 
<laughs> if you get not only can you oppose your will physically but mentally to where yes. he's thinking i got this thing i gotta protect this thing and while he's busy protecting this thing he's not protecting this thing which is the football they're, they're going to be able to make plays on this man they're going to be able to make plays with this front eight i shouldn't ha- i shouldn't feel this this confidence but i do well yes we should Yes, yes, we should, Brian, play. and that's sort of – I've been saying that for – since yeah. the start of the playoffs. Like, we got to walk and start talking like winners. You know, oh, we got, know. like once 2017 ended and we won our Super Bowl, from that point on, we got to walk and talk like, hey, we belong, and, and not something's going to go wrong, right? And I think that's been how we've been built for years, that we expect something to go wrong. And I think it's awesome to see more and more fans walking with our chest out a little bit. Maybe we don't win. Right, we we don't know. Nobody knows. But if we walk around with some confidence, I got a feeling that's going to age better than the other way we've done it for however long we've been watching all Philly sports. Well, going into everything, listen, I'm an energy guy. When you go in, and you and you feel like you're you're dragging your feet, and 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 it's almost like like torture getting there because you're just expecting the worst. I believe in the energy you put out there, positivity. And listen, like to, to what we've talked about this, Tom, when when you've done what we've done over the last 20 years and you've finally gotten over that hump five years ago and you're back already, like it's hard to get back to a Super Bowl. We're back there within five years. That's pretty damn good. It is okay to be confident. It is okay to look at this team and acknowledge the fact that when you go down the line, when you go on through the checklist of who has the advantages and what positions, and and, and it's okay to say, you know what, I look at that, the Eagles get the advantage over 80% of their roster. Yeah, They should be confident. It's okay. We beat the GOAT already. We've yeah. beaten the GOAT already. But he was still the GOAT. Yeah. So it's okay to go in against Patrick Mahomes and not not say, oh, here we go. Oh, we can never have it easy. We can never get the Trent Dilfers of the world. We have to go against <laughs> the Brady's and the Mahomes. It's okay. This team can handle it. This organization, this coaching staff, they got a moxie about them. They have a confidence about them. That I just feel that energy. It's okay. We can we can embrace it and feel good about ourselves going into this. Well, like I said, I definitely feel confident going into this game. Uh, we're at full strength, and uh, I, I just read that one of their uh, her one of their wide receivers not might not be a go for this game. I, I forget which guy. He's out. Uh, Hardman. Okay. Yeah. So, a, that's a, that's that's a big blow for them. He's one of their their better receivers, Nicole Hardman. So if that's one less guy you have to kind of worry about, you could kind of focus more on Travis Kelsey. And mm-hmm. you, know, you take Travis Kelsey out of the game, and Mahomes has to scramble around trying to figure out what he's going to do with the ball. That front four is going to feast like yeah. me at a Chinese buffet, man, where I walk in the door and they go, uh oh, you know, just uh, it's going it's to be a good game for this defense. I think it's going to be like a road warrior type, you know, offense, you know, the <laughs> hawking animal, you know, you know, putting the guys on the shoulders and clotheslining them off the top rope. I think it's going to be that kind of defensive game where, uh, you know, I, look what this team did to the 49ers. I mean, you know they had the number one. They had the number one defense, and we put thirty-one up on them. Right, their quarterback was in the game, but the reason why their quarterback was in the game is our defense took our defense knocked two quarterbacks out of the game and knocked one right back into the game. Because That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't happen often. And that was we knocked three quarterbacks out of game this season. So that's another thing. You know, Mahomes has got to yeah you know, keep in the back of his mind. You know, you know. Don't let Sue get to you. Don't let, you know, Sweat get to you. You know, Hassan Reddick. I'm very confident with this defense. Absolutely. All right, Brian, give me your Super Bowl MVP. Give me your final score prediction. And then I just want to talk about your podcast real quick. <laughs> um, MVP? It might be Hassan Reddick. Uh, it might go. It might well, go I'll tell you what, if you're, if you're a betting man, that plus thirty seven hundred looks real nice right now. I think that's a that's a that's a pretty good bet if you're going to go off quarterback. I, I know Ryan, if he wins that, he's best best defensive player in maybe in franchise history. Next yeah. to Reggie, I, I still yeah. I, I I I tend to like not go back into the nineties with this stuff. You know, I tend to say two thousand. So I'll say this better. 2000s up. I know how great Doc was. I get oh, it. 100%. The best. I get, he's, he's I get it. 
Dawkins is awesome, but I don't know if he ever had the impact on games that we watched the sign Reddick have, not only through this postseason, but all year. There, there, there's like two two levels. There's two different uh, NFLs. There's an NFL where you're allowed to hit the quarterback, and there's an NFL now where you're not really allowed to hit the quarterback. <laughs> and the fact that he's doing this in an era where you're not really supposed to hit the quarterback, but he's still affecting games and still doing damage. He's he's in his own era. Like same with quarterbacks, you know. You know, I'll take a you know Joe Montana played where you know people are ripping his head off. You know, whereas Tom Brady played great in the era where he just looks at the official and the official throws the flag for him. So, you know, Hassan Reddick is doing amazing in this new era of football where you're not really supposed to you know, lay a finger on the quarterback, but he's hit. He's he's doing. Not only physical damage, but mental damage, and I think he'll uh, he'll affect uh, Mahomes in a way to where Mahomes won't be himself. Where he's got to think of, he's got to hold the football by out of the corner's eye. And be like, all right, where's where's it coming from? You know, <laughs> play the Jaws music. You know. <laughs> but, so we uh, got we have Hassan Reddick as your Super Bowl MVP pick. Yeah. Give me uh, your final score. I got to get your final score here, brother. Eagles. 34, uh, Chiefs 21. Oh, you're not far off from me. I have Eagles 31 21 as my early prediction. So you're not too far from me. I like where your head's at. I was going to go 31, but there's definitely going to be at least one stop where the Eagles have to settle for a field goal. Yeah. So that's where the 34 comes in. You know, they'll they'll have to do it. They'll they'll, do like two field goals. You know, yeah. I'll give it to the Chiefs defense, but I think this offense will just wear them out and tire them out to the, the point where, you know, like the 49ers defense started getting chippy because they knew they couldn't handle this offensive line. Yeah. Brian, this was awesome, man. Loved having you on Talking Eagles Super Bowl. Tomorrow, think- if anybody's in the Boston area or Boston, uh, the Baltimore area, he's Baltimore Celeb Fest. Brian's doing the, the convention over there. Yep. Yep. So make sure you. You guys stop by, check them out, say hi, get a picture, get a photo, get an autograph. Yeah, I like the BWO shirts and all that good stuff. So ah, I love that. I got my BWO shirt from you already, <laughs> brother. But listen, let's talk real quick. I know you you got your own podcast, and and this is what a warrior this guy is. He did his own podcast right before he hopped on ours. So <laughs> appreciate you, brother, for doing this. Tell us about your podcast where we can find it. If you would like to uh, listen to more banter like this. Uh, I have a podcast, which is right over my shoulder, Mind of the Meanie, which drops every Monday morning wherever you get your uh, podcast. We're also on YouTube.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Uh, we talk about movies, sports, and uh, tons of movies, wrestling, movies, sports, and tons of tons of useless knowledge. Which Love it. I have right here. I have all this knowledge I can't make money with. So, uh, uh, But if you want like to support the Blue Meanie, uh, if you would like to get one of those classic BWO shirts, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash blue meanie i got plenty of i got a lot of philly centric shirts too like the philadelphia shirt which comes in each team's uh colors so if you would like to support the blue meanie go to pro com slash uh blue meanie uh also uh you know i'm on cameo cameo.com slash blue meanie bwo but uh most importantly you know uh i'm a philly fan through and through i'm i'm a pro wrestler but i've always bled green in the, in the winter and bled Phillies red in the, the summer. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just, just like you guys, you know, and, uh, if the Eagles hopefully win, I'll be, uh, sipping beers on the corner of, uh, broad and chunk. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I can get another one of these super bowl belts. So uh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'll but, tell you uh, what, Brian, you have an open invite. Anytime you want to come on brother, we'll probably hit you up at some points and say, Hey dude, you got to come on, whether it's a preview show or a recap show. Yeah. We loved having you on here, man. It was really, really an honor and pleasure. This guy knows a ton about the Eagles. I'll tell you that. And and this was, this was great. So we appreciate you hopping on with us today, Brian. Oh, thank Brian, you. thank you so much. It's great meeting you. Great talking to you. Uh, and ton of great, great knowledge. Oh, likewise. Uh, it's, it's good to talk. It's good to talk with like-minded folks. Yes. Yes, it is. And then it's, it's always good to, to highlight, especially our, 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 our sons from the area. And you are, you're one of our sons here, Brian. So you're a Philly through and through, and we appreciate you. I mean, a lot of comments have come through too. people appreciating you coming on, loving hearing your insights. So 
you got an open invite anytime. You Make sure you go follow them wherever you get your podcast. I put it on the bottom. Facebook yeah. or, or uh, Instagram, Twitter, all those places. Usually I'm good with that. So if you want to, if you would like to follow the Blue Me, go to all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Blue Meanie, BWO. Usually I'm, I don't know why I brain farted, but thank you for uh, reminding me of my own <laughs> social media. <laughs> I got too much birds on the brain. So. <laughs> but uh, thank you again for hopping on with us. Make sure you guys check out tomorrow too, because we have another local wrestling legend on with us here as well. Current WWE superstar, NXT superstar, Drew Gulak is going to join us awesome. tomorrow. I love Drew. And, oh, he's a great dude. And dude, he's another one. He's a diehard birds guy. Diehard birds guy. So we're looking forward to talking to him. We're going to talk again a little bit more of a Super Bowl preview tomorrow. A lot of things going on in A2D radio this week, guys. A lot of shows. We're going to talk previews. We're going to talk Super Bowl predictions. And we have our roundtable before the Super Bowl next week. So Sunday morning next week, we're going to have everybody here. The whole gang is going to be in, all of our personalities. We're going to make sure that we uh, bring you guys one of the best. And if you watched our preview show five years ago, that was, that was uh, to this day, people still talk about what a hell of a show that was. But all, when you mix guys like Wilson with me, it's going to be a lot of this. A lot of fun, though. So Awesome. Um, but for myself, for Tom... From the blue meanie down here, Brian Efron. There it is. Oh, I was waiting to get one. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you to our sponsors. Make sure you check out A2D. Like, subscribe, hit the damn follow button. Let's go. Share it out. And you guys have a great week. Go birds.